Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. All right, everybody, let's keep the fun rolling on this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Got a great final hour on tap. We got a no way, no doubt segment coming at you in a little bit. Lots of trade deadline talk, of course, Michael, with the deadline coming up next Thursday. Should they or shouldn't they be moving on and rebuilding and which teams need to go all in at this point? Always a fun conversation. The final half hour, we'll get Palms pressing three. All things from our guy, Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where I'm broadcasting from. But where we're going to start off is, of course, primetime Thursday night football on everybody's TV screens later on tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Buffalo Bills going head to head. And this has been some one way traffic toward Buffalo. But we talked about it earlier, Michael. It feels a whole lot more like a fade of Tampa than it does a confident push like I really believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now because the last three weeks they have shown us they're amazing that's that's not what it is well you know there was a time where everybody believed in the Buccaneers remember when they played Philly everybody was all over them on Philly last week everybody was all over them on Atlanta I think this line's a reflection of the sting of what Tampa's done to some people right I mean they went into New Orleans and they were the dog there, and they ended up playing well. They, they dominated New Orleans in that game. This one's strange because there's nothing that has happened in this game in, in the last three weeks that would indicate Buffalo's nine points better than anybody. Now, Josh Allen's great. Don't get me wrong. But this team is really kind of beat up. With Ed Oliver not going to play tonight, uh, you know, without, without any tight ends on the roster other than Dalton Kincaid, who's really going to have to assume a different role. They're going to have to modify their offense on a short week. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. The strength of Tampa Bay is their defense. It wasn't last week where Desmond Ritter threw the ball effectively on them, but typically their front's good. They get pressure. Vita Vey needs to play for them to be good tonight, but they're good. And everybody's betting the over, which is kind of interesting because prime unders have really been hitting. You mm-hmm. know, primetime unders are 16-7 and seven this season. 
And since 2019, they're 155 and 102 and three. Yet everybody wants the over here tonight. We think we're going to get a lot of football tonight. Well, I do think this. It is going to be 65 and no wind. Absolutely great to keep in mind. I, I love when we get our, our regularly scheduled programming of Michael's weather report and that it's not the girl named Stormy doing it because you know what? I just can't, I can't handle that. I can only handle so much, Michael, but great to keep in mind. And you mentioned the injuries there. Yeah, Ed, Ed Oliver, I haven't seen an official out, but obviously missed last week and he's questionable. And we already know all the other issues and holes on that defense from an injury standpoint for the rest of the season. So going to need some other guys to step up from that standpoint point for Vita Vea reports have him as truly a 50 50 game time decision going into the game tonight and that'll be key Baker Mayfield who was on the injury report this week with a knee he's expected to play as is Chris Godwin who had a neck injury distinction on the practice report this week he's expected not to have any limitations going into tonight so all good food for thought as you get set for this game but I just I really Michael thought that after the previous two weeks going into last Sunday that Buffalo was going to get it together then. And so like, it felt like there was no better opponent to get right against defensively than the new England Patriots and the lack of offensive production that they've had with Mac Jones and with Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. And yet they were able to go up and down the field on him. And it started early. Like Buffalo was behind mm -hmm. the eight ball right away in that game. And granted, we saw at the end that they could put together two scoring drives in a matter of four or five minutes. And but then you still allowed Mac Jones to go down the field and win it for you. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not a believer in Buffalo right now. This is just a hard stay away spread for me tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, if you like Buffalo, you, you know you know your quarterback, Josh Allen, has got 59 career wins in the regular season, and 45 of those wins have been by seven or more points. So you know he's really good at covering numbers, and especially, but this is getting away from you a little bit. You also know that he turns the ball over, that this game tonight will feature two quarterbacks that have the, the most turnovers in the National Football League since 2018. Baker's got 68. Josh Allen's got 67. Now, don't forget, Baker was the first pick in this draft, in the 18 draft, over Josh Allen. A lot of people forget that, right? Like, it was Baker ahead of Allen in this draft, which isn't the case any longer. Yeah, oh, how the times have changed. Did Cleveland get anything right on quarterbacks? I mean, think about Cleveland and their quarterback derby. I mean, as I just said that, right, they turned down Josh Allen. They turn, you know, they signed, they turned down Deshaun Watson originally when he was coming out. Remember, they trade, they gave the pick to Houston. And then they turned down Josh Allen. And, you know, and now we're, and they signed Watson on the, the most expensive contract in football. And now where are they? It's you, just a sad thing. That's thing. what's crazy, Michael, is how much they paid to get Deshaun Watson. And it's this version of Watson that they're getting when they could have, they could have done it all. Like that, is, that is an interesting thought um, that never even crossed my mind, to be honest with you. And speaking to that, let's, let's go to the Sunday slate because there are a lot of numbers that have been on the move in addition to this Thursday night football game. And one of them being that Cleveland Browns game against the Seattle Seahawks, because on a Wednesday, we already know that Deshaun Watson's not going to play and it'll be PJ Walker back under center. Yeah. And, and, you know, look that they have no choice to me. I, I keep saying maybe they should trade for Derrick Henry if they could get him because they're not going to win. And we were talking about this on the podcast today, Stormy, this line went up to four, which is not surprising. Uh, 
that when you, if you're Cleveland, you have spent mm-hmm. the most cash money of any team in the National Football League this year. They have spent now that you know, so you can say what you want about the Haslam family meddling all that. They've spent the most money of any team. And it's not, you know, the, the Jets and Houston are this two two or three. Why Houston, I don't know. But the Jets went all in. Cleveland went all in. Now that they're all in and they don't have Chubb, they're gonna lose Ford. Watson's a mess, right? What do they do? Like, I got to think you play to your strength. You try to add another defensive player, and you try to add a running back because those are the only two. You're going to have to mask the quarterback because the next three years, you're not getting away from Watson. He's on your team at $63 million on your cap. And I haven't seen an update today, Michael, but even Kareem Hunt didn't practice yesterday either, just furthering your point on the running back position. No, no I don't think he'll play. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he's going to play. I think he will play, but – Look, at the end of the day, they got to get Dorian Thompson Robinson to go. They got to get him to become a better player. He was a disaster in the first game with his three interceptions, just like Aiden O'Connell didn't play well for the Raiders. So it's young players that are going to do this. But they're going really not in a direction that they can win with in terms of P.J. Walker. I mean, he had a nice last drive. He got bailed out. But I, I think to me, the lo- as I sit there and look at this from a long lens, you're stuck with Watson. And either Stefanski gets them better and plays better, which hasn't happened, or we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And as despite what we saw last week from the Cleveland Browns, we know that this is an elite defense, and it would be such a shame to waste that, especially given yeah. what you have invested at the quarterback position. So um, this week, again, that line has now moved to Browns getting four, taken on the Seahawks, total 38. We also learned yesterday that Brock Purdy coming back from that game against the Vikings on Monday night was experiencing concussion-like protocols. They got it checked out. Um, concussion-like symptoms, excuse me. They got it checked out. He is in the protocol. We have not seen a quarterback that is placed in the court protocol that week eventually go on and play that coming Sunday. So the expectation is it'll be Sam Darnold under center for the San Francisco 49ers. And they have moved from a five and a half point favorite against the Bengals to three and a half total 43 and a half. A lot at stake here too. the 49ers 10 game cover streak at home is in mm-hmm. jeopardy here, you know, and, and they've been very good on short rest. Look, I think to me, they have to run the football. The last week was the first week in there and during this season where they haven't been able to run the football effectively. I think they ran for 40, 63 yards, 65 yards, 17 came on, on Purdy's scramble. And the last two weeks now, they've scored 17 points in each game. So they haven't been dominating in the point total either. And you can make the case, well, they gave up 22 points the most since the Rams got 23 in week two. But look, we know that last play at the end of the half kind of was fortunate. This, this team's still a really good team, and they're going to be a good team. And they'll, Cincinnati can't run the ball. And I just think it's a tough matchup for Cincinnati, no matter who plays quarterback for them, because Cincinnati has struggled to pass protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they put a lot of money in their line, and I know people think that they've, they've improved in their pass protection. But when you watch them play on tape, Burrow has gotten sacked. You know, he gets sacked way too much. His sack percentage, it's, it's challenging in terms of where he is. I mean, last year, he was at 2.38 sacks percentage. Okay? This year, now I know he can't move. This year, you know, he's, he's at 6.06. I mean, that's a four-point differential in sack percentage. So that's a real issue. And if they don't fix that, that's a problem. 
Yeah, and you know that's going to be a major emphasis for the San Francisco defense coming off a game where it was their first all season where they had not had a sack. Talking about their matchup with the Minnesota Vikings, only got hands on Kirk Cousins seven times, which was their fewest in a game all season long. So that's going to be a huge point of emphasis for the defense coming into this one. And also, we talk so much about this 49ers team being one that needs to play from ahead. The Christian McCaffrey early fumble put them in a position they're not used to. And so make sure you strike while the iron's hot early. You also. So um, before we started up this hour, got news. Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to start after missing last week. He's going to be at practice today. Josh McDaniel saying, quote, as long as nothing goes the other way. So that's our verbiage for, you know, barring a setback type of a thing. And then also Tyreek Hill after missing practice yesterday with a hip injury. He's back on the practice field today. Saw lots of videos from local beat writers. He's dancing. He's looking fine, which is excellent news for the Miami Dolphins as they get set for their game with the Patriots today. That music is coming through, which means we got to hit the break here, take our first time out of this hour. But when we come back, Michael, it's time for No Way or No Doubt. Get excited, my friend. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. That's what I like to hear. We'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With all four major sports in action, there's no better time to be a sports better. And with our new sports Equinox special, no better time to become a VSEN Pro subscriber. Sign up now, you get full VSEN Pro access to everything we do through May 1st for only 120 bucks, including daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus our exclusive betting content throughout the World Series, college football, the rest of the NFL season, March Madness, the NBA and NHL regular seasons, as well as the NFL draft coming up in the summer. Don't miss this limited time offer. vcin.com slash subscribe is how you can sign up now. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. To it, Buffalo is 7-1 to win the AFC. They're tied for the third shortest odds with the Baltimore Ravens behind Kansas City and Miami, Michael. But we know how vulnerable this team has looked specifically defensively since losing their heart and soul on D. Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, Trey White, just to name a few, and some other guys still dinged up as we get set for Thursday Night Football tonight. But no way or no doubt, Michael, the Buffalo Bills need to be buyers at the trade deadline coming up next week to be competitive for an AFC title. I think there's no doubt about that. I think they need to be strategically aggressive and they need to kind of figure out what they can add to their defense that certainly could help them. They're like on every level, their defense could use some help. Ed Oliver coming back would help. Daquan Jones is doubtful that he'll come back. So that's a problem. But yeah, I think they need to be a little bit more aggressive here because I think what we're seeing is is that Josh Allen has done a wonderful job of covering up the deficiencies of their team by his play. Perfect example last week. You know, we talk about this offensive line and they've made some changes, but he got hit a bunch last week. 40% uh, of the time he was under pressure and he wasn't very good. The thing that saves him, like always, is his ability to get out of pressure, his ability to not get tackled. And that's a hard thing to do when you're playing him. But if the, if they played anybody else but Josh Allen under center, they would probably be one or a team looking to pick in the top ten. Yeah, I agree. Buffalo's got to do something here soon. And with their record right now sitting right in that seventh spot in the AFC, teetering on the edge of not even being in playoff position right now, which is crazy to think about. Let's continue this trade deadline talk because the Tennessee Titans recently traded away Kevin Byard to the Philadelphia Eagles and appear to be open for business as they get set for a little bit of a shifting and rebuild. No way or no doubt, Michael. The Titans should trade away Derrick Henry before the deadline. I think they should trade away Derrick Henry before the deadline. They should try to trade Hopkins before the deadline. Yeah, I think they should. Now, you know, you'd say, well, that's not fair to the young quarterback to see what he can do. Well, you can find and figure out what a quarterback's doing and how he's playing without doing anything other than just, you know, you don't need Hopkins there to do it. If somebody's willing to give you a good deal, Hopkins only makes a million dollars. You paid the sign-in bonus. So the cost is sunk, so you can get rid of them. So my sense of it is if somebody calls and offers you something, are you going to sign Henry back to a huge deal next year? Because he kind of locks you in 
to running the football all the time. And you could see they want to get the Spears a little bit more. So, yeah, I think they should trade him. Yeah, Tajay Spears out of Tulane, his backup, a very, very talented young man. See him get an opportunity. And uh, to your point about the young quarterback, it appears we're going to see Will Levis get his first start this weekend. Um, And if I'm doing my own no way or no doubt, I say no doubt Derrick Henry should go to the Dallas Cowboys. I would love to see that and how he would reboot that running game over there as a compliment um, as the guy with Tony Pollard and kind of have those two different styles of backs again. All right, keeping it moving here. The Carolina Panthers have their Super Bowl coming up this weekend, taking on the Houston Texans. It's going to be the top two quarterbacks taken in this last draft going head to head. And this matchup, of course, has reinvigorated the debate of who's the better quarterback, who's going to be the better pro long term. Before we get to the big question, let's hear what Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich had to say about his young QB and Stroud. We got the guy we wanted to get and um, couldn't be happier about that in every way. Um, and, and I would say this, I'm happy for CJ, you know, that he's, he's had six good games. Um, and I have no doubt he'll have many more good games. Um, but I know this, when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks or any position, it's years, not weeks. You know, you can't put a label on a guy after six weeks or, um, or even a year. And I think that was probably very important for Bryce Young specifically to hear after all of the things that have been talked about with regard to whether or not his coach wanted him. So no way or no doubt, Michael, the Carolina Panthers did make the right decision when they drafted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. What do you think? I think they did. No doubt they did. I I think this, what Frank said is so true. Weeks is not the time. I mean, Bryce Young has not looked bad. His timing, his ability to see the field is very good. He's got great rhythm to his game, uh, but they can't protect. The offense is static. They don't move. He's in shotgun all the time. And I think, to me, they haven't done enough for him. And forget about, you know, they don't have great receivers. That's not the issue. The issue is putting him in position to where he can succeed. Look, last week, and I've been critical of Mac Jones, but last week what New England did was they threw the ball in the middle of the field where Mac Jones can throw the football. They got into some bunch formations. They got him under center. They did things that make it a little bit easier for Mac to play. That's the key to football. That's the key to being good offensively. That's why Kyle's so good. That's why that's why uh, Sean McVay's so good. I don't think he's had this right now. If Sean McVay was coaching Bryce Young, we'd be talking about him at a high, high level. Yeah, if you're looking at the Carolina Panthers, I think it's extremely unfair to point to Bryce Young and say he's the problem. This is a team that's got a lot of problems right now, and the book has yet to be written on the type of pro that he's going to be. There has been some money, though, coming in on C.J. Stroud's side of things, and the Houston Texans now up to a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Bank of America Stadium coming up this weekend. Now, we talked already a good bit about Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, where things sit right now. Watson was, of course, ruled out of this Sunday's game against the Seahawks already yesterday from head coach Kevin Stefanski. It'll be his fourth missed game of the season. Uh, He left week seven versus the Colts after only 12 plays. He was one of five with nearly two interceptions and is under contract in Cleveland through 2026. And we obviously know the big money implications there. No way or no doubt, Michael, Deshaun Watson is the long-term answer for the Cleveland Browns at quarterback. No way, but there's no doubt he has to be. (laughs) The perfect answer. You know, 
You, you can't, there's no getting around it. You know, look, here's what I said on the podcast today. I said, whenever you make a trade, you have to understand what your safety margin is in the trade. You almost, you have to ask yourself the question, what happens if we're wrong on Watson? What happens if he gets hurt? What happens if we're half wrong on Watson? What happens if, you know, he has an, another character issue? All those things. And that should lead you to how you set up the contract, gives you some safety. The, the, the Cardinals did it with as bad as that deal was. The Cardinals did it for, for their safety programs within the, the, the uh, Kyle and Murray contract. But this team didn't do that. So for the next three years, they're looking at $63 million cap hit on their team every single year. There's no way he has to be the answer for them. And what's going to happen is what we'll see is we'll be, they'll be bringing co- they'll be firing coaches left and right to try to make him a better player. And we talk about the money so much, but also the first round picks that were given up in this situation. It's just really unfortunate what we've seen from Deshaun Watson since he's come back from that two year layoff. He has not been any semblance of what we saw in Houston and the playmaking ability he had. All right. One more. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers, Michael. They remain a uh, two-to-one favorite to be the NFC champion and rep the conference in this year's Super Bowl. But obviously, they've dropped their last two games. Um, all of a sudden, people have some questions of if they really are as good as we thought they were. No way or no doubt, Michael, the 49ers are still the top team in the NFC. Uh, no doubt they are. Uh I, you know, I think they're even with Philly, but I think their balance is better. They have to stay healthy, just like Philly does. But no doubt they have a really good team. Look, they're two plays away. They're two plays away from being undefeated. If the kid makes the kick in Cleveland, and if Steve doesn't make the call at the end of the first half, which I'm sure he regrets. So, yeah, I, I'm not overreacting. I think they'll bounce back this week with or without Purdy. Michael, what still kills me about even even with the all-out blitz in the situation that it was, Charvarius Ward still almost got the interception. Like, he still could have made right. a play. The ball was in his hands. And then, you know, Jordan Addison scores, and it's over before it even begins, it feels like, after that. But I'm still mad. I'm not going to get over it anytime soon, I don't think, Michael. I can tell. I, you know, it's only one game. It's going to help you. I know. You know, the, the, their confidence isn't waning. And one thing about when you lose a game like that and you go into your t- team meeting room, you actually helps. It helps you win the next week because people are angry. Mm-hmm. If you win a game on, on a trick, on a play like that, there's a sense of, oh, we got this. Look, we played bad. We did it. You know, you need anger every week to be a good team. You know, and I kind of liked Mike Somich, who joined us in hour one, his perspective on that 49ers-Browns game, that it was kind of that slug back and forth defensive type of a game. Maybe that just took a lot out of both teams from a physicality standpoint and that both of them defensively should play better this week as well. So uh, again, Brock Purdy, though, looks like he's going to be unavailable in concussion protocol. Sam Darnold expected to get the start. Mike Palm, our starter here for the final half hour. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st. Only 120 bucks at vcin.com slash subscribe. In about 15 minutes, Mike Somich, vcin host, will join us like he does every week. Get some of his favorite bets for Thursday night football and the Sunday slate. Also, end of hour two, the final half hour of the program. We are back to our Mike Palm Thursdays, VP of operations here at Circa Resort yes. Casino. We'll get Palms pressing three in here. But uh, Michael, yesterday after we got off the air, a few yeah. interesting news items around the National Football League coming through, most notably, at least for for me personally, and I'm sure for a lot of betters out there that are invested in 49ers this week, um, San Francisco is going to be likely without quarterback Brock Purdy this week. Kyle Shanahan telling reporters yesterday that he's in concussion protocol after experiencing symptoms on the plane back home from Minnesota, got him checked out. And what's important to note about this specifically is that no player this season have we seen that goes into the concussion protocol during game week being able to play that week. In fact, we haven't seen a quarterback do so since week six last year when it was Kenny Pickett. They are taking these concussions very, very seriously. And with that, the point spread immediately was impacted here for this 49ers Bengals game from five and a half that the 49ers were laying now to three and a half and a slight change in the total as well from 45 to 43 and a half but for you how big of an impact is this as we go from most likely Brock Purdy to now Sam Darnold well I think what it does is it reinforces they've got to run the football last week they had 28 carries for 43 yards the taking out the 17 yard run that uh that Purdy had against them. I mean, they didn't run the ball against the Minnesota's team, and that really affects Kyle's ability to call plays and run his play-action game and make it easy for the quarterback. And, you know, you can see, I saw it on Twitter this morning, you can see the hit that on the quarterback sneak that he got a helmet-to-helmet, mm-hmm. and, you know, he still played, and then I guess he had the headache afterwards. So I do think it was. I thought this line was a little bit uh, underinflated, actually, because I think if, you know, you take two plays out of San Francisco's season – to the missed field goal and the stupid call at the end of the half, and they're undefeated, but you can't take them out, right? And so when you look at this Bengal team, the last we saw of them, when they were playing, they even though they beat Seattle, as you know, anyone who had a Seattle ticket, just the, they got ripped off. They couldn't play in the red zone. They were able to get pressure in the red zone, and they and they did it. And everybody, the, the line after that, you hear from everybody that likes the Bengals as well. After the bye last year, they came back and played yeah. really well. Okay, I got that. They got 214 yards against Seattle at home last week. 214. They haven't had a 100-yard. They're like the Raiders. They haven't had a 100-yard rushing game ever. Seattle had 384 yards against them. Seattle moved the ball up and down the field until they got to the 20. Like I, I think this number's a little bit on the wrong end. I love Joe Burrow. Look, I think Joe Burrow's great. I've seen, I've read all the numbers about Joe Burrow, about how, you know, as a dog and all that. But what I'm worried about isn't Joe Burrow. I'm worried about their offensive line. Yeah. I'm worried about them blocking a really good defensive front. And I don't like bad lines. You know, I have a rule. Bad lines don't travel. Yep. 
Yep. And, and, but just speaking to Joe Burrow, he did speak to media yesterday. He said continuing to rehab throughout the bye. He feels 100% right now. If you're getting hit because that offensive line isn't holding up, probably not going to feel 100% for very much longer. But I think for a lot of people, though, when you if, if for people out there who do like Cincinnati this week, the point that you made, of course, about Cincinnati coming out of the bye, but also probably seeing some of the numbers that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were able to put up against the defense and largely making a guy like Nick Bosa a non-factor. I wonder if there are some things that Cincinnati could pick up and say, like, well, we have Jamar Chase. Could Jamar Chase do what Jordan Addison did? Could T. Higgins come along? And if that line does hold up, could they capitalize on some of the things that Minnesota did last week? Well, I think the tape that you're, they're going to watch more than any tape of all will be the tape last year when Steve Wilkes was the head coach in, in Carolina and Carolina went back in there and played, you know, and, and basically they destroyed. They put 464 yards on Carolina's defense, scored 42 points, and this was before the bye week, and they, play, and they won the game. And their defense was playing really well at that game. That game was over at halftime. So uh, that's the tape. Wilkes will watch a ton. That's the tape the Bengals will watch it, Tom, because Wilson want to see how they attacked him, how they played it, what he did. Now, they're two different teams, obviously. Since he's not as good offensively, you know, San Francisco is much better than Carolina defensively, so there'll be some of those adjustments. But the theme of the game will go along that. I think we don't spend enough time talking about that. Like, there's a game this week, Indianapolis playing New Orleans, right? everybody's forgotten that Gardner Minshew was the starting quarterback at Philadelphia last year. Shane Steichen was the starting quarterback at Philadelphia, uh, starting offensive coordinator. Dennis Allen went into Philly and what held him to 10 points. I mean, it was a, it, that was a game was over as good as Philly was. They destroyed, they won that game handily. And that game plan will carry over into this game plan in New Orleans and Indianapolis. So I think you got to really pay attention to these last games. Now, the personnel is different, but how you want to attack them, I think it kind of does a favor for Steve Wilkes to know, okay, this is when they're operating good, this is what they want to do. Yeah, that's one thing I think you do a better job than almost anybody at breaking down is the coordinator matchups and previous success. Uh, to go back real quickly to the Sam Darnold of it all, his head coach Kyle Shanahan spoke yesterday to the confidence that he has in Sam. I have as much confidence as Sam as I could have with someone that I haven't gone into a real NFL game with. Uh, he was great in the offseason. He's been great here in these seven weeks um, so far, and um, he's always ready to go. He's great in the meetings and stuff. He doesn't get many reps, as no backups do, but uh, he does it well on the scout teams, always good in the meetings. And, you know, we got mainly walkthrough today, so Brock's allowed to do some of the walkthrough. And we got a couple of periods that aren't, so Sam will get those periods. And Michael, I remember this offseason when, I mean, the 49ers went out and got him that very first opening day of free agency, right? Yep. Like they targeted him. They wanted him for a reason. They, throughout training camp, decided that he's going to be our number two guy and we have no problem shipping off the player that we drafted number three overall because Sam's going to do a great job behind him. So I think that that, again, just like speaks to the fact that San Francisco thinks that Sam Darnold can do a good job facilitating this offense. Yeah, I mean, I think too much is made. I mean, look, they, they were prepared to play Sam Darnold in the month of September if Purdy wasn't able to recover as quickly as he did with his arm. When they made that move, that move wasn't because they were going to see how it works out with Lance. They knew where Lance was. They already knew that. Like, they knew that. They made their decision. When they signed... When they signed Darnold, they already knew where they were with Lance. The media and, the, and Twitter can make up their own stories, but that's a fact. 
and that's why they traded him because they knew where it was and they were hoping he would bring more value than he did if he played well in the preseason it didn't happen so look i think to me they have faith and he has complete faith in donald he's got good movement uh, I think the key for them, as always, will always be the key. This isn't whether it's Donald, whether it's Garoppolo, or whether it's Purdy, is they've got to run the football and play from in front. And that's San Francisco's football team to a T. If they don't do that, then all of a sudden it becomes really difficult for them, even as good as they are. Remember, what, what the stat that I keep handing out, when they're down by seven or more points, Kyle doesn't come back in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's the key. Last week, they had their lowest rushing output of the season. They ran for 65 yards. That, there it is. They, like, they have to be able to run the football. They have to be able. They're fourth in the league in calling run plays. Meanwhile, the Washington football team is 32nd because they don't believe in it. They want their quarterback to get killed. That's a whole other story. Um, another major injury that I'll at least update people on right now, and we can revisit again at the end of the hour after we have our conversation with Mike Somich, but Tyreek Hill missed practice yesterday dealing yeah, with a hip one. injury. Oh and we're not accustomed to seeing him miss practice and miss time. And we'll, we'll play the comments from Tua a little bit later, but it sounds like it could be more serious than we initially believed. Yeah, I mean, look, look, this is, he is the guy that everything is set around Hill. I mean, Waddle's a good player. Waddle's got back spasms too. He had back spasms. Now he says he's going to play. But you take Hill out of the equation, all of a sudden it's a different game. It's a completely different game. You don't need to play three across at the top. You don't have to worry about the deep over. You can play man-to-man, and you can play man from press. I mean, it, the whole game changes completely. You can pressure two or more because you're not worried about getting beat zero on zero coverage. Because if you play zero coverage, like, and, you know, they, he's going to throw it over your head. So this is a big one. This will, they will have a hard time winning games against anyone if he's not on the field, including this week and next week when they go, to camp, when they go over to Germany. Michael, how often do we talk on this program about defensive coordinators and players that like puts fear in a defensive coordinator? Tyreek Hill yep. is that guy. He's that weapon. And it absolutely changes the look of things from that standpoint. And again, like I said, we'll revisit this topic a little bit later because I think there's more that we can dive into from that standpoint. A lot more news and notes around the National Football League to discuss. But when we return here on the program, Beeson's own Mike Somich, professional handicapper, he's going to join us, get his best bets for Thursday night football coming up tonight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going head-to-head with the Buffalo Bills and some more items on the NFL Sunday slate. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the NBA season officially underway, don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can also get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni hanging out with you on this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. And uh, Michael, I don't know if you got to see any of Victor Wembanyama's debut yesterday, but I know a lot of a lot of sports bettors are mad that they didn't cash the over on points, blocks, rebounds. What they should have taken was over on fouls if you could get it in turnovers, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. like you didn't have an opportunity to hit any of those numbers because he was in foul trouble. Well, I mean, that's what happens. I mean, like I was watching Chet Holmgren too. I mean, you know, like these guys, they're, they're, the game's a little different than what they're used to. It takes time. I mean, they're young players, right? And, uh, I mean, I saw Andre Drummond just, just beat him off the dribble, you know? And so, like, I'm talking about Chet Holmgren, not, not, not yeah. Victor. So, look, it's early in the season. It's going to take some time. But you can just see the immense talent in the player. It's going to be fun to watch him. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy when you think a guy his size has some point guard handles and is pulling up for three. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be uh, an exciting season to see him get underway. But let's get back to the NFL, Michael, and continue a conversation we had a little bit earlier in the show about star wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, Tyree Kill. He missed practice yesterday with a hip injury. We did see him briefly leave the game on Sunday to the Philadelphia Eagles. He was able to return, ended up finishing with 88 yards, a touchdown on 11 catches. But now this raises the question about his availability moving forward. Let's take a listen to his quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, talking about how you make up for the absence of Tyree Kill if he does miss Sunday's game against New England. Yeah, I don't think anyone can can emulate uh, what Tyreek does on the field. His speed, um, his cuts in and out of breaks. I, I don't think there's anyone that can emulate him. He's he's in his own league. He's one of a kind. You know, if if we couldn't have Tyreek, that would be you know tough. But the show goes on. You got to continue to play. And uh, somewhere down the line, we're gonna get Tyreek back. And you know, it has to be one of those things where you never let your foot off the gas and you don't lose. Uh, that rhythm as a team or as a unit. 
So I think that last little bit where he says somewhere down the line, somewhere we're going to get Tyreek is like, that's what is the cause for concern. And then as we're listening to that, Michael, we see on Twitter that Tyreek Hill is back on the practice field today. Now, in what capacity? We're unsure right now. So a very, very good sign. But I still think like hearing your quarterback say that and use that verbiage yeah. is a little uncomfortable if I'm somebody that likes the Dolphins this week. Well, I mean, look, the line hasn't moved. I mean, it's if anything, it's moved. It, 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 it right, it opened up at you know twelve and a half. I mean, the look ahead, it's eight and a half, and there's still nines. There's some nine and a halfs out there, so it's all over. If he wasn't playing, I think this line goes at least a point down, and it does. And the book would adjust it. The circle lines just came out again, using the circle lines as a point mm-hmm. of reference only, and that line's nine and a half. So, you know, Circa, I think it fully anticipates him playing. Circa doesn't anticipate Purdy playing. That line's at three and a half. Great. So if Purdy's announced to play, they're two two points behind. So that's why you always want to look at these contest lines because they project to Sunday. Perfect example is is the Falcons-Titans. That's a three-point line. There's still some two and a halves out there. Right. The Eagles never got to seven. It stayed at six and a half. They're trying to get you to take they're trying to get you to take the Eagles. They want Washington money. So there's some of these lines that are a little bit that are all predicated on like, the one that I was surprised was the, the Rams at six and a half in the contest here. There's six everywhere. But I think they think there's going to be Dallas money come on Sunday. And Michael, as I'm, you know, scrolling through Twitter here, trying to find some videos of Tyreek Hill at practice, he's dancing around. He looks like he's being normal, at least what I'm seeing from beat reporters right now. Normal high intensity cutting during drills. So certainly a good sign after the scare yesterday. And, you know, perfect timing that we brought this up on the show because now we're seeing all this. And I think that's that's great stuff for Tyreek Hill, because as we mentioned earlier, he is he is a weapon that makes the offense different when he is on the field for an opposing defensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, and, and I think to me, you know, usually with these guys that, you know, Tyreek's a unique guy because he has a track build. He has a track uh, kind of, not personality, he has a track game, but he has a football personality. And so usually when these guys get a little nicked, you can kind of tell, right? You know, they're like, you know, just a little bit. And you could, I never felt like he was hurting at the game. I never felt like he was in jeopardy of not finishing that game is what I should say. Yeah. Good news all around. Uh, Current NFL leader, of course, in receiving yards right now. He has not missed a game since being traded to Miami in 2022 and hopefully on track to be back out there this Sunday against New England. And, And I just, as we said this, I just got an alert. Jimmy Garoppolo, this was an alert from from a, a service, not from my son who's sick. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is pass has been allowed, to, has been cleared, and they fully expect him to play on Sunday. Very on Monday big night, news. Excuse me. Very, very big yes. news, Michael, after missing this past week, and we had to get the Brian Hoyer experience. Un- unfortunately, he comes yeah. out, Aiden O'Connell comes in, so get your starter back. Um, what do you think the concern will be with Jimmy Garoppolo and that back then in terms of just mobility and how he operates at the position? No, I don't think he'll have any. I don't. I Good. think a lot of it was was precautionary. I think he'll be fine. I think he was waiting for. I think what they were concerned with there was internal bleeding, and so when that's why they rushed him to the hospital. And since there wasn't that, you know, then it became okay. Can we clear him? This wasn't a concussion or anything like that. Look, 
Jimmy's got to stay healthy. They yeah. they don't you know they cannot move the ball without Jimmy staying healthy. The challenge will be this week in Detroit is can they stop Detroit? You know that can they they can they stop Detroit? I thought it was interesting. Cole Komet said this too, and it looked to me like that. I don't know if you watched the game, but Cole Komet said they looked like they were really slow on the field. Looked like they were exhausted, and they did. I thought they were they tackled poorly in the game. I don't think it was because they practiced too much. I just didn't think they were sharp at all in, in terms of their ability to play uh, fast. And they, you know, and they're going to have to play fast this week in order to even keep the game close with Detroit. Yep, Raiders getting eight on the road on Monday night out there against the Lions. Another practice update, Michael. Kyler Murray has been listed as a full participant at Cardinals practice this week. Um, there have been reports that Arizona wants to play Kyler this season despite the financial risk that would come with him getting hurt. Hurt. And that's something we've talked about a lot on this show. If I, like, if, I know I've said if I'm the Cardinals, I probably don't want to bring Kyler back this year because if he plays and get, gets injured, that automatically locks in the 20 whatever million dollars of guaranteed money in March if he can't pass his physical. How are you looking at this from Arizona's standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't play him. I mean, I, I would want to keep all my options open. I, I think playing him also lowers his trade value. Look, somebody's going to give you something for him. If, the, if you want to trade him. So I think to me, you lower the value of him if he goes out there and he doesn't look sharp or if he can't really move around. Now, maybe if he goes out there and plays good, you still want to trade him, you really increase his value. So it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. But to me, my, my sense of it is, is I would not want to risk the injury. I would not want to risk being on the hook for that skill and injury that could kick in next year. Because look, Let's face it. We can say whatever we want about Deshaun Watson. There's no escaping that contract. At least the Cardinals have an escape in this one in terms of the way they set it up. The Cleveland Browns have no escape. They're on the hook for $63 million the next three years. They can't get away from it. So, Michael, with the Cardinals then, if these reports end up being true and they do want to go ahead and get Kyler back on the field this year, what is the organization telling us then? Are they telling us that they don't they don't want to quit and give up on Kyler Murray, that they want him to still be the guy? They'll work it out maybe as a newfound mindset with a new coaching staff. Is that the way that we need to take that and that when the draft comes, they're not going to be interested in looking elsewhere? Yeah, I think what it tells us is they want to know. I think they, they're saying, look, we're a new staff. We want to see what you bring to the table. You know, we're a new staff. We want to, we're going to make an evaluation on our own. Prove it to us that you're worth this contract. I think that's what they're saying. Mm. I think they're saying, look, we, we've heard all the stories. Here's what we know. We're going to let you decide. And, and to Kyler's credit, because obviously the big criticism, and there are many about Kyler throughout his young career, is that he hasn't been a leader and that he's not doing the homework and that there's the attitude and maturity stuff. But I say credit him because at least what we've heard from him lately is that being away from the game has maybe changed his perspective, made him miss it a little bit. Maybe having this new coaching staff, there's uh, a newfound energy about him that he is motivated and interested and wants to be there. I think that would be a positive for the organization because he's, he's clearly very talented right it's the other stuff that's been the problem more than anything else I mean the fundamental question you have to ask is can we get to where we want to go is he good and we're overpaying for good I talked about this a lot on the day on, on the GM shuffle today or is he going to lead us to where we need to go that's the fundamental question I think they overpaid for good I don't think they paid for great
And the Cardinals currently in the two spot for this coming NFL draft. Second worst record in the National Football League right now. We're going to step aside here, resetting for hour two on the Lombardi line when we return, continuing to preview Thursday night football as well as a number of line moves on the Sunday slate coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 